Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Hope you are doing well. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. And today is a kind of a it's bittersweet. If I were to give this one a title, it would be Settling for Less Than God's Best. Settling for Less Than God's Best. They're really close to crossing over the Jordan River. They're already experiencing some success, but instead of keeping on going, there are some people that, in my estimation, I feel like they kind of settled for a little bit less than God's best. And I don't know about you, but I have been tempted to say this far is far enough many times in my life. But we're going to get into that in just a moment. Before we do, if you like what we're doing, make sure you are liking this video, sharing this video, listen to the podcast. Make sure you're sharing this with other people. Leave us a five-star review. It really does help. And I want to know in your life, have you ever had a season when you felt like this far is far enough? You felt like God wanted more in your life. He wanted you to do more. He wanted you to stay faithful to something, whatever. But you really struggled in that season. What did you do? Did you just say this far is far enough? Or did you press on? I want to hear about it. And you can go to Facebook, type in Bible Breakdown Discussion. And I just want to hear how you're engaging with Numbers chapter 32 as we are going into this. Now, remember the context. They have already started to experience some victory. Moses has this last battle. God even says, you're going to do this, and then you're going to die. (laughs) So there's this last thing. And now there are these tribes that have not yet crossed over into the promised land, but they're done. They're ready to settle. They're ready just to go ahead and just get their their crops and and get their land. They They are tired. It is almost year 40, and they don't want to fight anymore. They don't want to wander anymore. And it's like, hey, I love all that over there. This is pretty good right here. And you know what? There are many times when you're not settling for less. You're just fulfilling God's plan. There's definitely a time for that. You know, I think sometimes in our culture, we can reach too far and keep going too much. Because a lot of times it has to do with an identity issue. Like, we're not ready to settle because we feel like that, that there's a little bit better somewhere else. And, you know, I always say if the grass is greener on the other side of the fence... The water bill is probably higher, right? So there is a time to be good enough, good enough. But not when God has told you to keep going. God says that the promise I have for you is over there. And so if God's promise is over there, you need to go over there. But we see the nation of Israel, they're getting tired. And they're ready to settle for something less. And so we're going to read this together. I want to see if maybe you can identify with this a little bit. And I know I can in my life. And so if you've got your Bibles open with me, Numbers chapter 32, get your cup of coffee ready. Here we go. Verse 1 says, The tribes of Reuben and Gad owned vast numbers of livestock. So, when they saw that the land of Jezreel and Gilead was ideally suited for their flocks and herds, they came to Moses, Eleazar the priest, and other leaders of the community. They said, Notice the towns of Artroth, Dibon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, Elial, Simbath, Nebo, and Bihon. The Lord has conquered this whole area for the community of Israel. It is ideally suited for all our livestock. If we have found favor with you, please let us have this land as our property instead of giving us the land across the Jordan River. They're saying, we're done. This stuff is good. We want to stay. I would have had the same response Moses has when he says in verse 6, Do you intend to stay here while your brothers go across and do all the fighting? Moses asked the men of Gad and Reuben, Why do you want to discourage the rest of the people of Israel from going across to the land the Lord has given them? 
Your ancestors did the same thing when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. After they went up to the valley of Eskel and they explored the land, they discouraged the people of Israel from entering the land the Lord was giving them. Then the Lord was very angry with them, and he vowed, Of all those rescued from Egypt, not one who is twenty years old or older will see the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for they have not obeyed me wholeheartedly. The only exceptions are Caleb the son of Jephthah, the Kezanite, and Joshua the son of Nun, for they have wholeheartedly followed the Lord. The Lord was angry with Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness for forty years until an entire generation that sinned in the Lord's sight had died. But here you are, a brood of sinners, doing the exact same thing. You are making the Lord even angrier with Israel. If you turn away from him like this and abandon them again in the wilderness, you will be responsible for destroying this entire nation. So Moses done laid down that law, and he said, No, 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 my friend. We are not doing this again. Forty years ago, we were not supposed to be stuck here. We were supposed to cross the Jordan, but... They discouraged the people. We are not doing this again. But, but, they approached Moses and said, Look, dude, we simply want to build pens for our livestock and fortified towns for our wives and our children. Then we will arm ourselves and lead our fellow Israelites into battle until we have brought them safely into the land. Meanwhile, our families will stay in the fortified towns we build here, so they will be safe from any attacks by the local people. We will not return to our homes until all of the peoples of Israel have received their portions of land. But we do not claim any of that land on the other side of the Jordan. We would rather live here on the east side and accept this grant of land. Then Moses said, Okay, if you keep your word and arm yourselves for the Lord's battle, and if the troops cross the Jordan and keep fighting until the Lord has given us um, driven out his enemies, then you may return when the Lord has conquered the land. You will have fulfilled your duty to the Lord and to the rest of the people of Israel. And the land on the east side of the Jordan will be your property from the Lord. But if you fail to keep your word, then you will have sinned against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. Go ahead and build your towns and families and pens for your flocks, but do everything you have promised. Then the men of Gad and Reuben replied, We, your servants, will follow your instructions exactly. Our children, wives, flocks, and cattle will stay here on the towns in the towns of Gilead. But all who are able to bear arms will cross over and fight for the Lord, just as you have said. So Moses gave orders to Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the leaders of the clans of Israel. He said, The men of Gad and Reuben, who are armed for battle, must cross the Jordan with you to fight for the Lord. If they do... Give them the land of Gilead as their property when the land is conquered. But if they refuse to arm themselves and cross over with you, they must accept land with the rest of you in the land of Canaan. The tribes of Gad and Reuben said again, We are your servants, and we will do as the Lord has commanded. We will cross the Jordan into, the, into Canaan fully armed and fight for the Lord. But our property will be here on this side of the Jordan. So Moses assigned the lands of Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. He gave them the territory of King Sihon of the Amorites and the land of King Og of Bashan and the whole land of the cities and surrounding lands. The descendants of Gad built towns, of, built the towns of Dibon, Acheroth, Aor, Esroth, Shophat, Gazer, and Jobedha, and Bethoth, Nimrah, and Beth-Haran. 
These were the fortified towns with pens for their flocks. The descendants of Reuben built the towns of Heshbon, Eliel, and Keterom, and Nebo, Baal-Meon, and Sibmoth. And, the, and they changed the names of some of the towns they conquered and rebuilt. Thank goodness for that, right? Maybe they just called it like Detroit or something, you know, some, something, something easy, Nashville. All right. Then the descendants of, of Micur, the tribe of Manasseh, went to Gilead and conquered it. And they drove out the Amorites living there. So Moses gave Gilead to the Micurites, descendants of Manasseh, and they settled there. And the people of Jair, another clan of the tribe of Manasseh, captured many of the towns in Gilead and changed their name to that region to the towns of Jair. Meanwhile, a man named Nebah captured the town of Kenoth and surrounded villages, and he renamed that area Nebo after himself. So what happened was is a couple of these tribes came and they said, you know what? We're tired. All of this area is fine. All of this area will work for us. So we just want to settle. Well, Moses got tore up. He's like, no, 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 no. We are not doing this again. We are crossing the Jordan. We're going to take the land. And so the deal was struck that the, the fighting men of these two tribes, after they had settled this land, would leave their families fortified and secure. And then they're going to go over on the other side and they're going to fight until the battles are won. And then they're going to come back. And then he said, okay, fine, do that. It's not what God wanted, but it's what is something that's going to work for you. The goal was all of this, but this is going to be fine. Now, here's the thing. Was this a bad decision? The answer is, I don't know. Like, what I struggle with in this, and let's just be honest in this, God told them to cross over the Jordan and to go and to occupy the land. This, these people kind of did that. They did go cross over the Jordan, and they did, you know, take over the land, but then they didn't settle there. And so that's why I would say if I were to give this a title, it would be settling for less than God's best. God wants you to thrive. God wants you to experience his goodness, but you have a choice. You can choose to do everything God has called you to do, or you can choose if you do most of what God has called you to do. To be honest with you, I don't know if this is ultimately what God wanted them to do, because at the end of the day, we, no one tricks God here. But at the end of the day, God told them to go, and they chose to stay. And so as you look and you continue to realize, they were able to have this, but what could have happened if they'd crossed over the Jordan with everyone else, with everything they had, and they could have been there together? We know at least of which now there is a barrier between them and their families. And so they're more separated and more secluded than they would have been. And as we continue to see, as we're going to read in the book of Joshua, in the book of Judges, it doesn't go well for the ones who did not cross over the Jordan. Now, as we've been asking in this entire you know, reading together, the overall book of Numbers is all about a nation learning to trust in the Lord. And the question for us is, is what does this chapter teach me about trusting in the Lord? And that is, go all the way with him. When God has given you a promise, when God has told you to do something, many times he will show mercy on you. And if you don't go all the way, he will still bless you with the level of faithfulness that you give him. But there'll always be that idea in the back of your mind. What if I went all the way with the Lord? What if I'd stayed faithful through everything? What could God have done with me? Wouldn't it be amazing to not get to the end of your life and say, what if I'd honored God? But what if you went all the way with him? What you'll find is, is that God is relentlessly and endlessly trustworthy in our lives. We've been listening to what God has to say. Now let's talk to him. Let's give him our trust. And then let's read our scripture together. We'll be done for today. Father, thank you so much. Lord, in the complex 
calculus problem, that is your will. We don't know all the things that you do. God, was it your will for them to go and to stay and then they chose to stay on the other side? You know, is there a such thing as your perfect will and your permissive will? Is, is that even a thing? God, is it possible that we could divide your will into our desires? Lord, I will say that that's bigger than us. We have our ideas, but at the end of the day, we trust you. And Lord, in this situation, this chapter we read, we pray, Holy Spirit, you will open our eyes to see that your ultimate plan for us is to never settle for anything less than your best in our life. Pray you'll help us to understand what that is and then to relentlessly run toward it in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Don't forget God's promise in Numbers chapter 6 that says, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. I love you so much. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and I will see you tomorrow for Numbers chapter 33.